third chapter. <coughs> Daniel, third chapter. This is familiar area now. It's a story that we've heard many times. You may have heard it said the three Hebrew boys, the old fiery furnace. You hear it called different things. I, I think sometimes I was just kind of reflecting this morning as I was getting my mind and heart right, just making sure I was where God wanted me to be at. And I, I thought, man, sometimes I often preach on trials. And I just got to, I guess, talking to the Lord a little bit about that. And this is kind of what I, I come up with, maybe maybe just my own thoughts. I, I think I preach on trials because we all face them. You know, we all go through many difficult challenges in life. And uh, I also think trials is something that people use as an excuse to give up on God and give up on church. You know, they'll go through some trial and they'll just sit down on God. And I also think sometimes I like to preach on the trials because in the trials of life is when God shows up and shows out. Now, I don't know about you, I don't like trials a whole lot. <clears throat> but I love when God shows up yeah. and shows out. That's right. Amen. I, I love to see his hand at work. So, Daniel chapter 3, <clears throat> not new to any of us, I don't think, if you've been in Sunday school or Bible school or church for very long, uh, we're going to try to do our part and do what God put in our heart to do, mind to do. And we pray that it, it will reach and touch you. And if you got something you need to do, you do that. If you need to come pray, this altar is always open. We don't close an altar. Amen. I couldn't, couldn't stop people. They try to stop people from praying. You know, they say you can't pray in school and things like that. And that ain't true at all. I pray a lot in school. I pray probably more in school than I pray sometimes anywhere else. Amen. Amen. God is wherever uh, we are. And if we'll just take time, we can reach out to him. Daniel chapter 3. In the first verse, it says, Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold whose height was three score cubits and the breadth thereof six cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. So the Bible tells us that there was this great, uh, this great thing made by the king. And if you, you read that there, and it says uh, it was three score cubits. That's really, really, really tall. It's 60 feet plus. It's farther than that probably. Maybe even 60 yards. It's, it's big, this, this golden image that he's made. He, he put it in the plain, it says, of Dura. Now, I don't know, you know, just a school teacher, you know, that's the flat area. Y'all know what that means. That means this thing stood out right there in the middle of the plain. Now, I want you to think about that just for a minute. The trials sometimes sneak up on you, right? Sometimes the trials sneak up on you. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes you can see them coming, Right? Uh, they, they, they some things, they some warning signs that begin to show up in your life. Can I tell you this? When a trial's ahead and you got the opportunity to see it before it gets here, you ought to get down on your hands and knees and begin to cry out to God, what am I going to do when that gets here? Now let me tell you, if you wait till the trial's right on you to start praying, you waited too long. Amen? Y'all know what I'm talking about? I can kind of just tell you that sometimes family troubles. Sometimes trouble in our family. We'll just use that as an example for a moment. Sometimes in family troubles, you see them coming. You know, we ought to start praying about those things. We ought not wait till it blows up, and then we got the problem. Right. 
Hey man, we ought to start praying about those things. I was having a conversation this past week with somebody at the office there, and they were talking about this marriage that's about to happen. And, 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 and really, it wasn't mine or their place to say, because we're not really close to the situation. We see it from afar off, but we got some concerns. I thought about this afterwards. We had this conversation. I'm just not so sure how this thing's going to end up. I'm just a little bit concerned. Now, I ain't in the middle of it. You say, well, that ain't none of your business. You, ain't, you, ain't, you shouldn't be going talking about what's going to happen in there. I'm praying that they succeed. It ain't my place to say yes or no. But you know what I'm doing right now is as I see it coming up in the distance that, that the devil might have his way and he'd get right in the middle of that. Can I tell you that he'd love to break up a marriage right now as much as he'd love to break up anything? Yeah. Amen. Why? Because he hurts the home. And when he hurts the home, he hurts family. When he hurts family, he hurts the church. When he hurts the church, he hurts God's kingdom. Amen. Amen. So I'm telling you, when you see it coming up like this statue, you can see it from a long distance. He built it tall so they could see it, but it was there in that flat plain. And before the trial ever come, those Hebrew boys had been praying to God. They had already had a relationship built with God. They knew what he could do and what he would do long before that problem ever come up. Now, not every trial's like that. Not every trial can you see off in the distance. Sometimes a trial will just be thrown on you. And all of a sudden, when things look so good and rosy and everything was going your way, and all of a sudden, it happens just like that. Amen? Amen. Now, listen, if you've been praying beforehand, not about that trial, but you've had a relationship with God, then when the trial comes, you can still talk to Him, and He can lead you through it. But now, I want you to see here that this wasn't an ordinary trial. Right? Y'all know the story now. I, I ain't got to preach you the whole story, do I? Y'all know the story now that these, these, these three Hebrew boys said, we ain't going to bow down to that. What they said was is that whenever the musicians began to play the music on the instruments, that everybody in the land would bow down and worship this image and worship Nebuchadnezzar the king. And they had made a decree. They tricked him because they, they knew what was going to happen beforehand. And let me just say this. The devil's got a scheme, a plot against you. I didn't say against the church. I said against you. Now, 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 let's just get real right now. The devil knows who you are. He knows who you are. And he may not himself be plaguing your door, but he's got somebody who is. Why? Because, I, like I said, he's trying to tear you down. He can tear you down. He can tear your family down. He can tear your family down. He can tear the church down. He can keep people from being saved and going to heaven. Amen. Right. He can't touch your salvation, but if he can prevent you from getting somebody else saved, yeah. he'll do that. Amen. Right. Amen. And so, so, so he, they said, in time this music's played, everybody's going to buy that, worship it. If not, you're going to be thrown into a fiery furnace. You all know that story? You, you heard all that. So let's skip down to verse 7. Therefore... At that time, when all the people heard the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, the psaltery, and all kinds of music, all the people, the nations, and the languages fell down and worshipped the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Wherefore, at that certain time, Chaldeans came near and accused the Jews. They spake and said to the king Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. Thou, O king, hast made a decree that every man that shall hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, the psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whoso falleth not down and worship it, that he should be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. There are certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded thee. They serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. 
Then Nebuchadnezzar, in his rage and fury, commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now, now, verse 15 comes along. And can I tell you, the devil loves this right here. This is a good trick of his right here. So, so, so you stood strong, but then he comes by and he says, I'm going to give you another chance to fail. And a lot of times we like a chance to succeed, right? Give me a chance to succeed. The devil wants to give you another chance to fail. He says, we're going to have to play the music one more time. I'm going to give you a second chance, says the king. And, and when, they, when they play this music this time, you just worship, fall down, and I'll forget that you didn't do it that first time. That's what he says to him. Now, I want you to know there's a pressure situation that's going to come your way when you're going to be challenged whether or not you're going to stand for God or you're not going to stand for him. Amen. I believe so. Yeah. Hey man, Jesus, Jesus stood with the devil right beside his side up on top of the temple mount. And the, and the devil said to him, you can have all this. Even Jesus was tempted. Jesus, though, was better than you and me. He was able to tell the devil, I ain't taking what you got. I'm not going to take for that. Many times me and you get in that situation, and what do we do? We fall. Right? Can I tell you? Can I tell you, it's hard not to fall into temptation if you not spend any time in prayer talking to God. So, so he says, I've given you this other opportunity. I'm going to give you another chance. So then they answered. Now I like this part. They answered him. Uh, verse 16 says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to, thee, to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury, and the form of his visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spake and commanded that they should heat the furnace, one seven times more than it was wont to be heated. And he commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. And these men were bound in their coats, their hose, and their hats, and their other garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent, the furnace exceeding hot, the flame of the fire slew those men, that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now, I want you to see just something for a moment. Just, I want you to see the predicament, the trials that these guys are in. First of all, they're, they're, they're set up before the king. Now, this king wasn't just any king to them. He was a king who had given them positions. They, he had set them up in authority. So not only was the king, uh, but he was also their boss. He, he ruled over them. Not only was he their boss, but they were really enslaved by him. Uh, remember, they were taken out of the land of Israel and carried away captive. So they're captives to him. Uh, everything that he says, they have to do. You can't get no more control over a person than he has over these individuals. So, so first of all, they're faced with standing before somebody who is in a higher position of authority than they are. Now, that's a pretty bad predicament. Now, let's not stop right there. Not only that, they're now held publicly before people. There's a whole crowd watching them. 
I want y'all to think about it. There's a whole crowd that's, that's looking on. And so there's all this peer pressure, this public pressure, for them to just do what the king asks. So, so they got the ruler, they got this individual who's influential in life, they got a whole crowd of people. But now, now listen to the trial. Now the trial just gets worse and worse. Now not only have they answered the king, they've stood before the crowd, but the fire is now seven times hotter than it's been heated before. I want you to think about that. Think about the trials that we face and that we go through. Think about the things that you've endured. Now think about seven times more intense. Think about it now. Because you've been through some trials. And you've been through some tribulations. And you've been through some hard times. But think about seven times more than you've ever been through before. Think about it. Not only has the fire been heated seven times, and not only are they answered before the king, and not only are they standing before the public, but, but they're bound by the strongest of men. It wasn't just anybody that tied those knots. I want you to understand. Now they're facing a, a fire seven times hotter. They're tied up in, 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 in such a strong way, so bad that they cannot get out. Can I tell you, this is a trial among trials. This is a fire, a problem bigger than any before that they have faced in their life. And they've probably been through some trials. Why? Because they've lived in captivity their whole life. But this is the biggest trial they've ever faced. Can I tell you, you, you might point to a situation right now, if I were to ask you, or the Lord bring to your mind and say, what's the biggest trial that you've ever faced? Something's going to come to your attention. Something's going to come to your attention. You may be yet young in life, and maybe you've had experienced many hardships. Can I tell you, there may be a seven times greater fire waiting for you. Ooh. Preacher, you ain't preaching no shouting message. That just ain't what we wanted to hear. That's not just what we wanted to hear. Can I tell you, there's a, there's a good note at the end of this message. You, you, you already know how this thing turns out for them guys. And, and, and you, you're thinking about that ahead of time. Before we get there, let's get all this down. Let's understand how bad is the trial. Not only are they bound, not only are they about to be thrown in a fire that's seven times hotter, not only is their king and boss and, and, and basically slave owner standing for them, and he's mad and said his visage, his face, the way he looked at them changed when they spoke to him. But the Bible also says that they're still in their clothes. <coughs> now, now I, I've read this many times, and I don't know that I ever brought this point out. I don't know that it's ever come out to me. Can I tell you that what they got on was flammable? Can I tell you when you're in the midst of a trial that maybe the things that might hurt you the most are the closest things to you? Let it sink in a bit. In other words, everything stands against them, including the clothes on their back. And they're about to be thrown into the fire. Now we know what the rest of the story goes, right? You know the story. The story is, is he calls these great strong men who found them up to take them and throw them into that old fiery furnace. And, he, and they get them guys, and they get close. And when they get close and they toss them in, the Bible says the men that threw them in are consumed by the heat. They die. They're, the fire is so hot that when they throw them in and it creates this flow of oxygen into that fire, that it leaps out. And it burns them up. And then the king looks and he looks down in that old furnace and he sees the three men plus one walking around. Mm -hmm. 
Now, praise the Lord right now. We can just stop this message, and we can just shout the praises. Amen? Amen, because it says, I see one like unto the Son of God. Praise the Lord in the midst of your most fiery trial. I, I, you, you can't get away from Jesus when you're hurting. You can't get away from him when you're in the midst of your greatest trials. He is right there with you. He says, I see them, and they're just walking around. Ain't nothing wrong with them. The Bible tells us. He called to them, Shadrach, Meshach, Meshach, y'all come out of there. And they just walked right out of that old fiery furnace. The Bible tells us that the clothes on them was fine. There wasn't a hair upon them. Singed it, wasn't out of place. They didn't even smell like smoke. Amen. That's something else. Now that's coming That's coming through a fire right there. That, that's, I, I can't build a little campfire in the backyard. Amen, Brother Brent? And not smell like smoke. Amen. It get all over you. You know, they always say that that smoke, you know, blows towards the beauty. So I, I feel like, you know, that's why I always get it. But you can't get near a fire and not smell like smoke. Amen. Now think about this just for a moment. They've been in the middle of the fire and they don't smell like smoke. Now here, here's, here's the point. Now, now, praise God for the miracle. And I've preached the miracle. But here's the point. The point is, we see them go through this great trial and we see God's hand of deliverance. And then we look at it, you and I do, and we say, well, I have been through trials, and God has brought me out of those trials, but he's never done that for me. You know, we go through trials sometimes, and we pray, and we pray, and we pray, and we don't get no relief. <coughs> Can I tell you that there's something in the words of these young boys Something and something they said that really got a hold of me. They said, we're not careful in how we're answering. In other words, we're, we're going to tell you exactly what we believe is true. We're not going to hold back the words that God has put in our hearts. And then they said this. They said, if it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. Now, I want you to see that. There's some good words in that. He is able to. Now, I want you to know the prayers that we often pray when we're faced with the trials are, is, Lord, would you take me from this situation? Take me out of this situation. Lord, I can't take it any longer. Would you just take me out of it? They said, our God is able to take us out. And let me just tell you, when you understand that your God is able to take you out, yeah, I'm telling you, it'll set you free on some things. He is able. But then it goes on and says a little bit more. And I want you to look back at that scripture just one more time. It says, he is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. Then it says, comma, and it says, and... Now, here's a different word. He will. Now, that's different than able. I'm going to run on this one in just a moment, brother. He's able to take me out, but he will deliver us. Now, here's the difference. The difference is, is often what we're praying is to be removed from, but what God is saying is, is I'm going to carry you through. You're wanting to be removed out. And God says, it ain't out this time. 
but it's through. Can I tell you the trials that you face, sometimes you can't get out of. But you can go through them. God has a plan. Let me tell you, when the, when the trial snuck up on them, it didn't sneak up on God. When the problem come before you, it might have been new to you, but it was not new to God. God already had it in his plan. He already had it in store. He knew exactly where he was going and what he was going to do. Moses and the children of Israel had to go through the Red Sea. Amen. Oh, David had to go before that old giant Goliath. And they didn't get out of those situations. They didn't pray, Lord, just take me from this. I can't take it anymore. They said, Lord, deliver me. Lord, deliver me. And he will deliver you. And, and I'm, I'm just saying, when you look back and you begin to look at your life, you'll begin to see where God has taken you out of some situations, and sometimes he took you through them. Right. Amen. Sometimes it's not that we can get an escape, but rather we get the strength we need. We get the encouragement we need. We get the help we need to come through the other side. Now I want you to see, they come through the fire. They went in. And they come out. They went through the fire. When they come out on the other side, not only were they not harmed in a way that they couldn't do what they had done before, but the end of chapter 3 uh, says this. I want you to see this. Verse 29 and 30, the last verses of ch chapter 3 say, Therefore I make a decree, this is the king talking, that every people, nation, and language which speak anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made a dunghill, because there is no other God that can deliver after this sort. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Can I tell you this? When you go through the fire, you come out with something that you didn't have before you went in. There's some things that you learned along the way. Mm -hmm. Hey, let me just ask you this question. Now, they were pretty brave, in my opinion. Were they not? I mean, the fact that they stood before the king, I don't know if I'd give the same answer they would. I'd like to think I would. But I don't know if I was in their place that I could have stood before the king and said what they said. Now, but not only did they have that bravery to say the things that they said, they were willing to be tied up, bound, and thrown into a fire. Now, I'm not sure. I, we've not ever been challenged with death before. Amen. And none of us, probably in this room, have really ever been challenged with death before. I don't know how you'd stand. But... I want to ask you this question. How do you think they stood afterwards? Now, you thought they were strong beforehand. How did they stand after that point? Amen? How did they get up and, and, and stand with faith in their hearts and listen? Hey, let me just tell you my story. My story is, is that, oh, Lord, he just walked with me when I was in the middle of the fire. He took his hand and just protected me from the fire. I'm telling you, the testimony that they had when they come through the trial was so much greater than that than they had before. Yeah. And I can tell you now, if we just took a moment and said, let's just testify for a moment of the goodness of God. And we went round the room and said, what not you think when God took you through a trial, you'd have a testimony that you could share? You'd have something that you could say, this is where God brought me out of, and here's where he brought me through, and here I am on the other side, praise the Lord. The testimony that you have afterwards when God carries you safely through, oh, it's so much greater than that that you had before. 
There's a reason for the trials. There's a reason for the trials. Amen. They're coming. And they will be until he comes back. I don't see any time when things are just going to get easy. I don't really see any time when we're going to be able to kick back and say, well, we got it made. Well, let's just wait on the Lord. The Bible talks in the book of Revelations about a church that kind of had that approach. That's not what he's looking for, church. There's too many people that need to be saved. There's too many people that need to be uh, brought back into his house and in fellowship with him one more time. We got work to do. And I want you to know there's a trial that might stand in your way. There's a trial that might come and stand in your way, but God will deliver you through. He can take you out of it. He can. He is able. But he will deliver his people. That's from his word. It's, it's going to happen. There's a song that Abby and I sang it at some points in time. And, and I, I can't sing it this morning and I couldn't play it if I wanted to. But I want you to listen to the words of the song. It says, so many times I question certain circumstances and things I could not understand. Many times in trials, weakness blurs my vision and my frustration gets so out of hand. Listen to this. It's then I am reminded I've never been forsaken. I've never had to stand one test alone. When I look at all the victories, the Spirit rises up in me. It's through the fire my weakness is made strong. Church, that's what he's doing with us. He's, he's testing us. He's testing us in the fire. He's testing you in the fire. But can I tell you, it's in that fire that will come out on the other side strong. It's in that fire that he'll bring us through. He may not take us out of it, but he'll take us through it. I can tell you from my own testimonies, it was the greatest trials in my life that brought me closest to God. It was the greatest trials in my life that brought me to a place in my life where I could stand behind a pulpit and preach his word. It's through the fire. It's through the fire right. that my weakness, your weakness, is made strong. Don't turn away. Don't turn away. Say, God, I don't know how. I don't know how. But somehow, you're going to carry me through. You're going to carry me through. And he will. Every time. Heard a man preaching about time. Don't preach on time much. And this man, this preacher was talking to this man, and the man said to the preacher, he said, he said, right now I just can't give what I need to give church. I just don't have enough. And the preacher said, well, what if I told you if you come up short, I'll cover you. Would you give then to the Lord? If you come up short on your bills, I'll make up the difference. The man said to him, he said, well, if you'll make that promise to me, then I'll give. And he asked him, he said, can I ask you a question? How come you're willing to trust me who am so frail and have such limited resources 
but you're unwilling to trust God who has all the resources. You know, when the trial stands before you, if you're looking at what you can do, you're going to be defeated. But if you look at what he can do, that same God that took them through the fire will carry you through yours. And when you can't stand and walk on your own, he'll walk beside you. He'll show up right there when you can't go another step. He'll be there every step of the way. Come get a verse of song. I don't know who or what this is for. I can tell you this, the Lord wouldn't leave me alone with it. Boy, it made me feel better afterwards. I felt a little bit stronger. And I got to reflect back on some fires that I've walked through with him. And I got to thank God. Thank you for helping me go through. Thank you for the testimony that you give me when I got through the fires. Maybe that's all I did for you today was bring that back to your mind that you've been through some trials. And he carried you safely to the other side. And all you need to do is take time to thank him. Maybe that's what this is for. Maybe you're in the middle of a trial. Maybe you can see it coming up down that road. You don't know how you're going to handle it or what you're going to do. Can I tell you, he'll carry you safely through. Mm -hmm. Ask him. Call on him. Reach out to him. I promise you, he won't leave you forsaken. He's not ever left one of his and left him alone. Stand with us all over the house. If you feel the need to come pray, we ask you to. We beg you to. God is here for you this morning. They talked this morning about how this altar still looks new. It's got a lot of use left in it. Can I tell you that? It's got a lot of use left in it. We can use it this morning. As they sing, go ahead. 552. Have you been to Jesus?